Hey there, neighbor. Welcome to Good Life News, a weekly podcast where we talk about ideas, living the abundant Christian life, and God's wonderful, wonderful love. I'm your host, Pastor Lauren Fenton, an old farm kid, Bible student, preacher of grace, husband of one, father of two, papa for five, and really just another pilgrim headed for home. I'm so glad you've clicked in to join me on this journey today. Let's walk together for a few minutes and see what we can discover on the way to the kingdom. Are you ready? Let's go! Greetings once again, friends. This is episode four of the podcast. The title of this week's episode is My Lifelong Friends. This is the third of a three-part series focusing on and exploring our understanding of God, including thoughts about the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. In the fall of 1951, my parents enrolled me in first grade at Outlook Grade School, which was located about a mile or so from our house. While I was pretty excited to start school, my older siblings were already in school, and I was anxious to join them. And During the two years after my brother Burl started, Mother homeschooled me, teaching me to read. So by the time my turn came to enroll in school myself, I was primed and ready to go. I've always been an outgoing social person, so I loved being with the other first graders. Other kids my age from around our farming community were there. It wasn't very long until we formed bonds of friendship, some of which really still continue to this day. In my class, there were other boys like Billy and Alonzo, Robert and Larry and Paul and Leon. And some of the girls were Linda and Judy, Lois and Renee. You know, a lot of our first grade classmates are no longer with us. Others, I've lost all contact for them, and I have no idea if they're even still living. But there are a few others with whom I'm still friends after all these years. And then we added a few more as the years went on and we progressed in our educational experience. During those early elementary school years, we added kids like Raymond and Phil and Tony And again, some of those became my very good friends, and some are gone now, but others are still my dear friends from all those years ago. Quite a few years back, Ruth and I were living in Ohio, and I got a letter announcing a planned reunion for my Outlook class. Well, I was pretty excited about that, and I really wanted to go. But it was on too short of a notice, and I was unable to change my schedule at the time. But I decided that although I couldn't be there in person, I could record a video and send my greetings to all of them that way. And that worked. I was uh, very happy that a few weeks later I got a, a tape back in the mail from the group, and they had a personal greeting from each one of the classmates that were there, to me, and that was pretty cool. So even though I was unable to go that first year, the next year when that class planned another gathering, I was determined I was going to go, and I did. It was really, really wonderful, connecting in person with each of those friends from our childhood days. So here's 
what I want to say. There's just nothing quite like being there. Now I have to digress here for a moment to share a story about the value of being there. Back in the 1960s, Dan Hanna Sr. was a legend in his own time in and around Portland, Oregon. Dan was the person who developed the idea of a drive-through car wash. He began in 1955 with one unit in Milwaukee, Oregon. That's a suburb of Portland. And four years later, by 1959, Dan Hanna's Rub-A-Dub Car Wash locations had expanded to 31 places in and around Portland. He began to get national attention and was able to start a marketing system whereby he could sell his equipment and systems to other places. And in record time, his company was selling and installing Rub-A-Dub equipment nationwide. He far outsold and outpaced every other competitor in the field. Although there were many reasons someone would want to buy Rub-A-Dub equipment, Dan Hanna had one winning factor his competitors apparently lacked. He owned a Learjet. So when a phone call would come in with someone inquiring about purchasing a Rub-A-Dub car wash system, Mr. Hanna would take the call himself. And a typical conversation might go something like this. He would say, well, where did you say you're calling from? And the caller would reply, maybe Fargo, North Dakota. Well, it could have been anywhere in the country. And Dan Hanna's reply would be, great. Let me see. I see your main airport there is Hector International. I could meet you there in about three hours. Would that work for you? Well, sure, I can do that. Okay, he'd say, I'll see you at the airport this afternoon. And with that, Dan Hanna would take off in the Learjet and head for Fargo. He'd meet with the prospective customer, maybe even take him for a ride in his super impressive plane and return to Portland with another signed and sealed deal to deliver and install a rub-a-dub system, this time in Fargo, North Dakota. There again, there's nothing quite like being there. So what's all this have to do with lifelong friends and our understanding of God? It's all in that one sentence. There's nothing quite like being there. If you want to have the greatest and best connection with friends, whether from recent times or from long ago, there's nothing quite like being with them in person. I think we're all painfully aware of that in these days here at the end of this pandemic run. I hope we're at the end of it anyway. And all of us want to be because we've been separated like no other time in history. But there's nothing quite like being with our friends and family and loved ones in person. If you're a business person or in sales, regardless of your product, there's just nothing quite like meeting your prospective customer directly. Again, let me say that sentence again. There's nothing quite like being there. And our God, the great God of heaven and earth, knows that. In the Garden of Eden, the Creator came in the cool of the day, it says in Genesis 3.8, because he wanted to be with Adam and Eve in, the, in person in there in the garden. 
Following the entrance of sin, Adam and Eve had to be separated from God because sin cannot exist in the presence of a holy God. So they were expelled from the garden in order to preserve their lives and to make it possible for God's already in place plan B, the plan of redemption and salvation to go into effect. Even so, the Creator still wanted to be with them, to fellowship with them, and to teach them so many things He wanted them to know. And to that end, God preserved Noah and his family from destruction in the flood. He continued His presence in the human experience through the line of Noah's son, Shem. And centuries later, God entered into a covenant with Abram, whose name was later changed to Abraham. Abraham became known as the friend of God. Everywhere Abraham journeyed, he built an altar to Yahweh. Then, a few more centuries passed until some of Abraham's descendants through Jacob and Isaac, or Isaac and Jacob, I should say. Jacob's name was also changed to Israel. These descendants of Abraham are led by God out of Egypt in what we know as the Exodus. At Mount Sinai, God instructed Moses, Let them make me a sanctuary, that I may dwell among them. Exodus 25, verse 8. You see, God wanted to be with his chosen people. At the dedication of the wilderness tabernacle, and later at the dedication of Solomon's temple in Jerusalem, the Shekinah glory of God's presence literally moved in and took up residence. The very presence of God was right where he wanted to be, living just next door to his people. First, in the most holy place of the tabernacle, and then in the temple. It was God's great desire to be and become Israel's resident God. I like to use that phrase. It's something that I learned a long time ago, and I came to me as this description, the resident God. There, God could live in their neighborhood, in, in Israel's neighborhood, help them grow into his design, that they should be a nation of priests, as he called them, to represent him and his love and mercy and grace to all the rest of the world. Eventually, of course, the resident God came to earth in the person of Jesus, born of the Virgin Mary. He lived as a man among men. He was one of us, not only living next door, so to speak, in the presence of the Shekinah glory, but actually walking in human flesh, fully God, but also fully man. Then after Jesus' death and burial and resurrection, he ascended back to heaven where, as the book of Hebrews tells us, he serves as our great high priest, representing Adam's race to the Father and sending the gifts of the Father's love back to us. Before Jesus left to go back to the Father's side, he promised to send another counselor, the Holy Spirit, to live not only with us, but in us. For all who willingly open their spiritual heart, the resident God will come and take up residence. Oh my, what an incredible prospect. The friend 
who sticks closer than a brother, knows full well there's nothing quite like being there. And through the person of the Holy Spirit, God who loves you, saves you, guides you with wisdom, and gives you strength, also gives you his promise, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Matthew 28, 20. Here's what the Apostle Paul had to say about this. Galatians 5, 22 and 23. Paul writes, When the Holy Spirit controls our lives, he will produce this kind of fruit in us. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Here there is no conflict with the law. And again, writing to the Colossians, Paul says, It has pleased God to tell his people, the Jews, that the riches and glory of Christ are for you Gentiles too. The Colossians were Gentile believers. Then Paul continues on. He says, For this is the secret. Christ lives in you, and this is your assurance that you will share in his glory. Colossians 1.27 So, we see through the Bible's testimony that the work of the Holy Spirit is to make the presence of God known at all times and places. At the time of creation, the Spirit moved upon the face of the waters. At the time of the Incarnation, the Spirit moved upon Mary to bring forth her Holy Son. And at the time of a new birth, the Spirit moves upon a sinner's heart to bring forth new life. It was the Spirit who inspired the ancient prophets to write the messages of Scripture, and it is the Spirit that gives energizing power for ministry and service in God's name. Yes, God knows there's nothing quite like being there. And that's really where we come into the picture. In the name of God, and moved by the Holy Spirit, we are sent as ambassadors of grace to a world of ungrace. We are to be carriers of hope to a world without hope. In the words of Jesus' prayer, we are to be in the world, but not of the world. And for what purpose? Why are we to be in the world? Listen now because there's nothing quite like being there, accompanied by our lifelong friend and carrying him with us into a world he longs to redeem and save. Well, thank you so much for listening today. I pray you've been blessed. Next week's episode is scheduled to post on Monday, May 31, a day that's set aside to remember and honor the memory of deceased American military personnel. And I will be sharing a special Memorial Day message in that post. So be sure you're subscribed to the podcast and then watch your email or text messages letting you know when it's ready. I hope you can join me for that. God bless. Have a good week. 
So we've come to the end of this episode of the Good Life News Podcast. If you would like to comment or join the conversation about today's content, please visit our website at www.goodlifenews.life. I'd love to hear your thoughts and observations. On the website's blog page, you can also find a complete transcript of the most recent episode, which will always be posted at the top of the page. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can subscribe on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and other podcast platforms. If you'd like to help out in this ministry, it's incredibly helpful if you'd leave a nice rating or review on your platform of choice. Thanks for listening, and be sure to tune in again next week as we continue our journey exploring more about God's love, His amazing grace, and the incredible good news of the everlasting gospel. Until then, walk in peace, live in hope, and hold your treasures with open hands.